0: Welcome back to Arts About.
1: show about art that's a work of art in itself.
0: Haven't you got anything smart to say, Mark? Not
1: yet. Oh. Mark, I'm surprised he spoke. He's sitting over there reading a newspaper.
0: Arts About is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here with artist-in-residence and cultural sounding board John Baer and the ever-insightful Mark Stewart and me, Sally Bailey. How are you all this week?
1: Very good.
2: That's good? Very well.
0: Glad to hear it. We missed you last week, Mark. Yes, I missed you too. Yeah, good. We we practiced our French last week, didn't we?
1: Uh, I wouldn't have said we practiced our <laughs> French, no. <laughs> we hurled some about, <laughs> recklessly.
0: What are you going to talk to us about this week, John?
1: Um, stories from Art School. Great. And a, a Rolls-Royce.
0: Ah, mm. okay. That sounds like a great combo. And uh, Mark, what have you got um, for us?
1: I'm not
2: sure yet, but <laughs> I do, have, you, have you heard about uh, Barnaby Joyce's uh, latest oh my goodness but it's maybe not his baby yeah is what I, is I wrong with that man no no the poor thing i feel really sorry for barnaby and his uh girlfriend i feel more sorry and for the his baby girlfriend. and the baby but we don't know they haven't said whose it could be so it's a uh, very questionable it could
1: good. be anyone up there in parliament <laughs> <laughs> not, well, <laughs> not, well that's not, not the him.
0: thing is that it's so insulting for, it's his partner, for his <laughs> new partner
3: I know. I that's know, that's terrible. a appalling thing to have said. Yeah. Anyway,
0: let's move on. This week on the show, we're going to be talking to um, somebody from Southern Boys. Who are we talking to from Southern Boys? Micah. Micah. That's right. There's a there's a bit of a duo down there who are running uh, a one stop mega shop art studio in Mornington in the industrial estate, and uh, we're very interested in them, and we're rather excited to have them on the show this yeah. week. Yeah.
1: And well, I think I can remember some time ago talking about how industrial areas tend to ultimately invite uh, artistic activity, mm-hmm. and that's certainly happening down there at Southern Bowie.
0: Yes, it is. There's a whole mm. lot of what things
2: sort going of on. artistic activity?
1: I've got uh, studios and a gallery, so art studios, artists' studios, uh, a whole lot of them. Where is this? In, in the
0: industrial estate in Mornington,
1: there's quite a few industrial estates in the Mornington.
0: Well, it's the
1: it's in one of them,
2: Progress Street,
1: is it? No, it, no, the other it's side, further
0: up. Yes, it's up towards okay. the racecourse end of okay. that okay. of that stretch. Yes, right.
2: And what? So, what do they do there? It's, it's,
1: picture framers, they're oh, clay yeah. printers. Yeah, I had uh, a picture
2: frame made by him once. Mm. Quite well, quite why cheap. are you asking also all these well, questions? Wasn't sure it was <laughs> him, John. Stop digressing.
0: <laughs> let's get back to the thing. Okay, so we're going to be talking to them. We're also going to be chatting to David Hurwitz, and he's an artist whose work is about to be hung in bright space in St Kilda. He does these rather wonderful urban landscapes. And uh, so before we speak to him, because I'm going to get him on the phone in a minute, we let's have a little bit of canned heat with an old oh, okay. going up the country.
2: Oh my God, what a choice. Finally, a good piece of music. <laughs>
0: This morning we're talking to David Hurwitz whose next exhibition, Concrete Fields, opens at Brightspace in St Kilda on March the 17th. Presenting landscape views of urban Australia, Concrete Fields in, is indeed much of, uh, as indeed much of David's work challenges us to see how beautiful they can be. It hints at the way memories romanticise the way we perceive our locale and shows us scenes that are much more about our sense of place as the natural wonders of the countryside we more commonly accept to be representing Australia. His almost tender landscapes include overpasses, telephone poles and pavements as the graphic focal points in impressionistic compositions in which lighting and framing transform these potentially ugly examples of urban mismatch into affectionate recollections. He's with us today to debunk my thoughts and to tell us some more. Good morning, David. Welcome to Arts About. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for talking to us today. No problem. David, many of us look around ourselves at the unplanned mismatch, as I mentioned before, of the urban development, and we despair for the natural world that's obscured by it. But uh, your paintings show us that you're rather fond of it. Why is that?
4: Um, well, yes, yeah, Um <laughs> a good question. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure whether fond would be the right word. It's more a fascination um, and a bit of a love and hate with it,
0: with it as well. Oh, perhaps a bit like the rest of us, because although looking at your at your images, I can't help but think that they um, they remind me of places that I have been in a kind of a fond way. They're rather they're also rather beautiful. The way that the light plays on those telephone poles and concrete pavements. Yeah,
4: thank you. Um, yeah, look, I'm trying to um, extract. Um, a visual image from um, the, the suburban areas of of a city of Melbourne, of different cities that I've been to. Um, as you mentioned before, they they're usually considered pretty mundane and um, banal would be another word. Um, so I'm really trying to bring out um, the aesthetic beauty. Um, in those areas
3: mm-hmm.
4: and look it doesn't it's not always successful um, but when it is there's a really great um, transformation that I can sometimes get from these subjects and
0: um, the lighting that you use is really amazing um, you, you know that you can see the time of day it obviously plays a big part in the images and you use it to great effect do you actually paint when you're out in the environment or do you use photography to to kind of define those times?
4: Um, look, a little bit of both. Um, ideally, I like to set up um, on-site in the landscape, um, but it's not always possible. Um, sometimes the scene that I'm trying to paint is in the middle of a highway or... Um, it's just not really physically possible to set up there. It's a little bit too busy. Mm.
3: Um,
4: but I have set up. Um, I have set up on the street many times, and and um, and I'm a strong believer of um, the plain air technique. Um, really bringing out the true light and colour of the of the landscape.
1: David, um, your paintings generally are very quiet and uh it interests me that uh you seem to be able to either ignore traffic or uh get around the issue of there being traffic in various sort of locations from time to time. Do you have a, a method that you use to ignore it that we could all use as well?
4: <laughs> Headphones, maybe? Um, oh, look, it's something about... Putting the blinkers on, I guess. Um, but
1: if you're painting, most, if you're painting in a situation and there is traffic there, do you just ignore it?
4: Um, oh, look! In some of the work, I will edit the traffic out um, and bring out the actual sort of um, just the structure of the street sure. and the, the overpass or whatever it is I'm painting. Um, but occasionally, I would like to put. A car in there, or a pedestrian, or or a bike, um, just to give it some some life and context. Um, because if I was to ignore them completely, um, it it would be like a bit unreal.
1: Well, that's quite. That's sort of what I like about the pictures. Actually, mm. they're yeah. they're a little surreal because the because of the quietness. And, uh, I think it's also something that we'd all like to be able to enjoy from time to time.
0: I wonder if that is something that's part of, because urban landscapes, there's a state, there's a small stable of Australian artists who are doing that. You know, Jeffrey Smart, of course, is one of them and, and Robert Brownell and, um, uh, and Howard Arkley. Mm. And, and that, in a way, they do the same thing, don't they? I mean, or maybe we just, maybe our associations with urbanity is that it is always noisy and to, uh, to have that noise taken out of it is, Howard
1: had Howard had a slightly different view. I mean, he Mm. he wasn't looking down the street so much. He was kind of looking at the structure, at the yeah, yeah. Sorry,
3: but how
2: can you put noise into a painting anyway?
0: Well, action, sort of masses of things, action going on, and yet there, uh, there is a great. I I agree with you, John. There's a great stillness there that is lovely.
1: Mm. It is nice. Mm. Um,
0: uh, Are all your images uh, are they uh, in Melbourne? David,
4: uh, yeah, this this series is um, is all in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally, uh, I've been I go to Perth a fair bit um, to be, um, to see family, and um, occasionally I'll do some work over there. And last year I was in Japan, and I did a series of work. Over there, which I really enjoyed.
0: Are they always um, urban images?
4: Um, mostly. Um, I was discussing this with a If I'm in, often if we're camping or something like that, which we do often, um, I will definitely um, draw or, or paint the, the natural environment. Um, a lot of it's about. I no.
0: Of in contrast, in a way, because I would imagine that if you looked at the uh, the percentages of, of landscape painters and the and the percentage of paintings that are about Australia, probably an awful lot of them would be uh, countryside or you know uh, the, the the natural landscape. And yet, as you say, most of us actually live in an urban setting.
4: Yeah, um, I I really love the work of um, the Heidelberg School. Um, Arthur Street in particular. Um, oh, yeah. That was sort of what really inspired me to start painting, I think. Um, so so you managed
1: presumably to drag some eucalypts into the paintings here and there? I mean, that's the difference between the Australian suburban landscape and others around the world is that it's peppered with those kind of little... uh Bunches of eucalypts and uh, that crunchy stuff underfoot It's a slightly different place to uh, other suburban areas And some of the paintings that I was looking at of yours Have that uh, that feel about them That kind of hot day on in, a sub- in suburban Melbourne
0: mm, Which is to do with the light quality too, I think
1: well, The whole thing makes me slightly uncomfortable You know, a hot day <laughs> in suburban Melbourne with no traffic Starts to freak me out a little bit <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Well, it is, it is
4: quite a, a stark place In the summer, um, you've got all this concrete, and you've got um, this really harsh southern light, Um, and it can be quite blinding. um, If you look at the more the older European landscapes, they've got such a soft, they've got soft tones and a lot of local colour. Whereas I think in down here in Melbourne and Victoria, particularly, um, it's a very harsh, blinding sort of light, mm. um, and it, it drains a lot of that local colour out. A lot of
1: paint on the walls, too. You know, a lot of stuff in suburban Australia is painted, whereas yeah. other places it's just, as you say, it's like raw materials. Mm. Mm. Than, That's yeah. an interesting yeah.
0: point. Yes. Uh, now, I know this ex- this exhibition is oil paintings, isn't it?
1: Yes,
0: but I'm I, I, looking on your website. I realise that you also paint an awful lot in watercolour too, and you've had quite a few different exib- few exhibitions in a series at Brightspace.
4: Um, yeah, this is the first. Um, it's actually the first time. Pretty much, um, showing oils. Right. Um, for a long time, i used predominantly um, watercolour. Um, that was all I used. Probably about ten years, um, and did similar similar subject matter, and the, the watercolour was really good for um, capturing that that quality of light. Mm. Um, but I, I felt the need to to change and move on, so I started um, painting in oils and just seeing what oil painting could could
0: offer. And well. Well, they're very beautiful, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it hung. Um, Concrete Fields opens up at Brightspace on the 17th of March and runs through until the 7th of April. That's Brightspace in Martin uh, Street in St Kilda. Thank you so much for talking to us today, David Hewitz. We're really looking forward to seeing it uh, on the walls.
4: It's a pleasure. Thanks a
0: lot. Great to talk to you today. Okay. Bye. Bye. Husband and wife team Micah and Bern uh, Mills run Southern Boy in the Mornington Peninsula industrial estate that has grown from a small framing studio that Micah began in 2001 into a huge warehouse offering not only framing but fine art printing, professional art supplies, custom sized canvases. They make hand finished frames from locally sourced su- sustainable timbers and they house in their huge workshop a series of artist studios and hold the coolest exhibitions I've been to in a very long time. We've been harping on about them for some time here in at Arts About, and we've finally managed to get one of them to come in and talk to us. And we have Micah Mills in us with this with this morning.
5: <laughs> Good morning, Micah. Welcome to Arts About. Good morning, guys, and thank you for a lovely introduction. Um, that was very well researched. Thank you. And That's quite all right. No, well we've... done on your lovely show.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well, we've been out to Southern Boys in varying capacities. I've been to a couple of the exhibitions that have been out there, which, as I said, were pretty cool. There was uh, lots of people, lots of really great food, and some very interesting art into art there as well.
3: Yeah,
5: hopefully a great atmosphere for people to be involved in art.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've been out there a bit myself lately, Sally. I know you have. Micah and Bern are doing some stuff for me. Uh, and the first, when you and I first went out there, uh, I didn't know it was there, I have to say. And, uh, then when we walked in and all the studios were there, I thought, well, this is kind of part of what we've also been talking about here on the radio show, about industrial areas becoming ultimately, uh, venues for artistic pursuits of all kinds. And uh, I guess it's the factory thing, but you've uh, you've got a big factory there, full of studios. One available, I hear.
5: There is uh, one studio available, I believe. There might be a special coming up on it in the very near. A special? Term. Yes, <laughs> yes. We we want them all full because it's uh it's good for people to see as they walk yeah. through, the uh, different people doing their uh, different things that they do. Yeah, I um, like being
1: able to walk through there and look through the windows at people yeah. are working inside. Yeah, mm. people get a real kick going through. Yeah. You wouldn't well, be able to get Mark in there working in a, in a room where people could look through the window at him.
2: I couldn't
5: imagine anything works. <laughs> <laughs> we do have blinds for those that just want a bit of privacy.
3: Right.
0: Could you? Get, I'll speak well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've pushed Mark along to a different microphone. He's,
5: he went over
1: to the corner to read a newspaper <laughs> to, again for a while. But yeah, you he know. did.
0: <laughs> um Micah, it is a huge space. It's, for our listeners perhaps who haven't been there, it's two huge warehouses in Carbine Way in, in the industrial estate. And it's, it's an enormous space. So there is, I don't know how many studios you have in there. In the centre of one of them, there is a series of studios, as, as John said, that you can walk around. How many artist studios do you actually have?
5: So there's eight, eight studios in total. And I think, I think the wonderful thing about being very unknown is people are very impressed when they get there. If we tell people it's a great big space and they get there, they, they might not be as impressed. Mm. So I think our... Um, our Really? Under the, under the carpet marketing's working very well. <laughs> so you
1: sort of want to be discovered rather than, um, blast a trumpet well, about
5: it. That's one of the really good things about the industrial areas. People are going out there to discover now. And, um, right. on the map is coming up on the 28th of uh, yes, March. Ah, yes.
0: Yes, I've been talking with Sharon williams Smith. We're hopefully going to get her in on the studio, into the studio at some point to talk about
5: that. Yeah, it's a fantastic which event. Which is a festival
0: and, of creatives out of the, in the industrial
5: estate. Yeah, isn't? and just dragging people out there to see what's available out there because there's always parking. Uh, there's there's very little traffic, and it's it's quite easy to access. Mm. So the decision to go out there, uh, well, probably seven or eight years ago, has has been good for us because our people that are usually coming to get picture framing or come to the gallery, it is a destination, so they can just rock up out the front and um and park. Re- park and park. Which yeah, begs the question: uh, Byo, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mark. Co- coffee it's to come, you know. It's not all
0: about coffee, Mark.
1: <laughs> it begs the question, Mark uh, that um you're running a portrait portrait painting prize. And uh, one would wonder why uh you were running portrait prize instead of perhaps a uh, paintings of factories prize, you know, which in industrial
5: areas. It was it was painting. one or the other, and um, really, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> well, we were just
0: talking to somebody just a minute ago, David Hurwitz, who's got an exhibition at Brightspace, who might well be yeah. able to do a rather magnificent factory painting. Really, yeah.
5: Well, I mean, you know, there's lots of good architectural painters. Mm. We frame for quite a few, and um, uh, the portrait prize came about probably because we felt, even though there are great big portrait prizes locally. Um it's an unrepresented, uh, tech technic, area, area mm-hmm. thank you. Um and it's, it's, a, it's a hard one to commercialise, but it's a very impressive one to look at. Mm. And how, how much
2: is the prize, more importantly?
5: Uh, the prize, <laughs> we're, we're, we uh, it's written on my hand here, we're finalising our partnership and should be allowed to announce that, uh, this week. Right. right.
0: Okay,
3: great. So
2: how many zeros are we looking at?
5: Uh including decimal points, <laughs> uh, at, at least three zeros and, okay. and a figure in front of it that is to be determined. We can't
1: have you entering another portrait prize, Mark. I'm <laughs> no, not, no, no, I don't no, want absolutely. you to make another painting of so me.
5: No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite the Archibald yet, but I'm um, hoping it to be a, a, a good local yes, event. Yes, because there's the uh,
2: Moran, which is what
5: 150.
2: It Archibald's won't, won't be like, like that, no. And there's also another one, the Fitzgerald, I think. I not know that There's a oh, have just opened it. It's going to be 75,000, so there's a lot going on.
5: Yeah, no, they're they're wonderful things to run, and and hopefully, you know, in a twenty years' time, we can have that sort of. Uh, it's a difficult
1: thing to ask artists to do to paint a portrait and put it in a prize because it's a it's a hard nut to crack that one. It is, yeah. Uh, but uh, the high the high bar doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do. It, no, uh, no, you
2: just. It also depends
1: who's judging.
2: Who who will be judging it?
5: Uh, so we'll have uh, Yvonne Watson, who's the director of Oak Hill Gallery in Mornington and um, very well represented in the art scene down here, and uh, Vicky Sullivan, who is also a fantastic portrait artist herself. Oh, right. Vicky.
0: They've both, we've had both of them on the show at well, different times. Know. Yeah, terrific. So the two of them are going to be judging. The two of them. Both so they, very can, they different can share artists. the
1: blame and the glory.
0: And they're both very different artists, yeah.
5: actually. Mm. Yeah, so it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be good to see... What so are the two
1: of them going to choose a particular painting?
5: The two of them will have to come up on the same particular painting. Yeah. So we've got the uh, we've got a room out the back they can go into. That will be interesting. Whoever comes out with the yeah, yeah we know. uh
0: So I have heard also recently that you've had a couple of one at least artists talks down there at Southern Boys. Is that uh, correct? We've had
5: our second artist talk, which happened last Tuesday. And yes, um, who
0: did you have in?
5: Uh, Esther Gorky came mm-hmm. in on Tuesday, who's also our, uh, operations manager for the studios, and she did a really, really interesting talk on, um, communicating and marketing your artwork via, uh, the internet, so social media and websites and that sort of thing.
0: Fabulous. Well, how come we didn't hear about it? Uh, we should be talking about those sort of things. Will you mu- please let us know? Perhaps we, we need to tap into your social media slightly better than we already are.
2: Apparently, the new the new cool is not to have any social media presence.
5: Really, that's no, the old that's, cool, mate. So <laughs> it's so much. fun.
0: Yeah, that is the old cool. You're right, John. <laughs> the old new cool, John. <laughs> okay, fabulous.
5: Back. We we do have a fundraising and fundraising tips uh, talk tomorrow night with our Stephen Richardson. Mm-hmm. So that'll um that'll be a good one for those who are looking at doing more uh, social things and um, needing money to. So you'll be there to get money for your prize, will you? Yes, Listening. yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be all ears for that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Micah, out there um, amongst the services that you offer, uh, the Clay printing, um, which I'm indulging in at the yes, moment. Yes, do a good job. And there. uh, there's a big framing workshop there.
5: Yeah, we send and, we send frames pretty much all around the country, which is a baffling thing because there's not much to it, but. Uh, but people appreciate our work. From
0: Interestingly, you see, I know that when when I visited there with John a little while ago, you were talking about the timber and the sustainability of the timber that you use, and that that was a really big thing for you to um, be to know where where your timber had come from.
5: It is. It, it, it's 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 critically important that everyone knows where things that they use a lot of come from. And um, so you're so not going to
1: smell a orangutan on it.
5: Look, we, we don't like to have orangutan blood in our picture <laughs> frames. It's, uh, it seems silly, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Um, So much, so much picture frame material comes from disputable sources. So uh, we try very hard to be able to, you know, find out exactly where our timber comes from. And you can
2: believe them when they tell you.
5: Uh, Look, if it comes from Australia, at least it's at least it's governed reasonably well. If it comes from Asia, I wouldn't believe them if they had any sort of stamp on it. Unfortunately, there's too much. Mm. Too much proof of um, mm. people Good. taking advantage, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. What's happening in New Guinea at the moment is rather terrifying. It is. Uh, well, it sounds like you have an amazing thing going on there, multifaceted, uh, that should probably interest a lot of artists. That uh, uh, Certainly there'll be lots that do know you, but there's probably quite a few out there that don't. What's the best way for anybody to find out, mm-hmm. tap into all of these things that you're running down there yeah. and to find you?
5: Def- definitely the best way to keep in touch with what we're doing, what we plan to do is through our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. even if it's slightly untrendy. Um, uh, look, for us, it's been a really great form of communication and it's it's been really effective and a bit of fun too, I must say.
0: I assume you have a website.
5: We do have a website. Mm-hmm.
0: Southernboys.com.au, is that correct? Yeah,
5: we have Southern Boy and Southern Boy Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, the Southern Boy Studios is an online art purchasing, you know, it's got a, it's got a cart for all ah. the artworks on there. Ah. And the Southern Boy website is a bit of a lark, but it's, uh, under, under new, um, work at the moment. And the
1: pressure's on for the portrait paintings to get them in for the prize. Which There's is There's a pointed. close-off date now. It doubt. is. The
5: close-off date for entries to be submitted is, uh, 16th of March. So That's that is... not very far away at all. Uh, not far at all. Mm. So, um, all entries need to be submitted, um, via email at au uh, At gmail, sorry. Uh, com.
0: Yep. I tell you what yes, and your au. I will put a link to those things on our Facebook page and that will enable people to find it a little more easily. It's wonderful to talk to you, Marka. We'd really love to um, keep in the loop and, and hear what things are coming up and um, let some of the artists that are listening to us on the show. Uh, find out. Thank Come you so team. much
5: for having me. It was it was much more fun than I thought it'd be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not so terrifying, it's are not we? That bad. <laughs> That's great. Here's Thanks, a little Marker. bit of Tom Waits while oh, we get on to uh, while John collects himself for some musings in a moment.
1: Thank you, Swanee, and thank you, Tom Waits.
0: Yeah, and thank you, Marka.
1: I like a bit of Tom Waits.
0: Yeah, me too. We didn't get we didn't get time for it much today.
1: Mm. Uh, when I was at art school, Mark, are you listening? Oh, yes, John. Yeah.
0: Didn't look yes. like you were.
1: Yeah. No, he hasn't even got oh, his microphone yeah, in front the of me. My microphone's
2: him. gone away. Here I am.
1: Uh, when I was at art school, I actually the first day I went off to RMIT, uh, I was running a little late and I thought I'm going to have to hitchhike to get into there, get into Melbourne, from Bayside Suburb. And I went out to the near busy road and stuck my thumb out and the first car that came along uh, was a Rolls Royce and pulled up. And... Uh, I jumped into the car, and this guy immediately said "g'day" to me, and I knew who he was. He was uh, a girlfriend of mine's father, Ken. The Bed? No, no. Ken. His name was. It's only Ken.
0: Surname John. Come on. No, we're not going There's no
1: what? name and shame was on this. show. Was it a red Rolls Royce? No, it wasn't. It was a 1960s Rolls Royce, grey and grey, so light mm. grey and dark grey, mm. with suicide doors at the back. Mm. Beautiful car.
0: Is that a suicide door? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Open they open backwards.
1: They open the other way. Yeah. yeah. Um So I jumped in there and he drove me into RMIT and he dropped me off out the front, right outside the art school. I got out of the roller and went into art school. And on the way in he said to me, Listen, I go into Melbourne every day and uh perhaps if you're out there on the on the road at the right time, I'll pick you up and I'll run you in, you know, because I parked just around the corner from RMIT and it's very easy for me Gosh, to do that.
0: You have had a golden life.
1: Uh, it gets better, Sally. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was a lovely guy, Ken, and we used to talk about all sorts of things. Um, but then eventually, he uh, he pulled out of the glove box a little um, Greek fisherman's cap one morning, and he stuck that on his head, and it looked just like a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought that'd be a bit of fun. Bit of a hoot. Yeah. And uh he stopped before we got to RMIT and asked me to jump in the back, which I did, and drove me up to the very front of the art school, got out, walked around, opened the suicide door for me and let me out, gave me a newspaper as I got out. <laughs> <laughs> and we were doing that for a while just because it was fun. Is
2: um, there something you're not telling us, John?
1: There's a whole lot of things I'm not telling you. But <laughs> what, what are you referring to? Don't worry. Right. Right. Um, but I, I I was held up one morning by the uh, woman, the administration woman from the office, and she said, "John, uh, you're here on a AusStudy study scholarship. <laughs> 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 you're getting paid by the federal government to come here to this school, and yeah. and you're turning up in the Rolls Royce every morning. We're aware of your arrival, you know. And uh, is it, you know, is there anything you need to tell us about your background or whether or not you should be on Oz study?" And I said, no, uh in fact, that's not my car, it's not my chauffeur. This is something that I've organised, it's a piece of performance art, and it's going to go on all year. <laughs> and, and I want to be, uh, I said I want to be, um, have that as part of my...
3: Oh, brilliant.
1: <laughs> part of my prac exam. Yep. And... uh they sort of thought about that for a while, and Dick Crichton, who was running the art school at the time, eventually came and spoke to me, and he said, uh, "He said, look, the Rolls Royce thing is fine as a performance piece, uh, but you're going to have to give us some documentation. You're going to have to do some writing on it, and." Uh, Maybe some images to go along with the whole performance so that we can appropriately judge it. You know. <laughs> and uh, so I got a big bit of Archer's art paper and I made a very crude painting, drawing of a Rolls Royce on it uh, with its suicide door open and there was someone sitting in the car, a figure sitting in the car, and someone standing next to the car with a little cap on, neither of whom were recognisably Ken or I, and... Uh, there was the word me and an arrow pointing at me and the word Ken and an arrow pointing at Ken and the words not my car point, <laughs> and an arrow pointing at Rolls Royce. And I handed that in as the documentation uh, and they kind of, they didn't really query it, but they sort of liked it too. But at the end of the year... Um, I had the two uh, the two things to do for them. One was the performance piece all year with the Rolls Royce and uh, the seventeen pound green jelly that I threw off the painting building onto the footpath.
0: <laughs> that was the sum of that year, was it? Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good sum.
1: And I just wanted to be able to say to them, "Look, that's what you taught me to do." But they loved it.
2: And what happened to Ken?
1: Uh, Ken was around for a while. He died eventually, Mark. He mm. said, I think the car was sold. And you're <laughs> still,
2: are you still painting Bentleys
3: now? Well, Curious enough. Well,
1: well, the the, cars, the, the car's come back, yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the circle yeah. is complete. So what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks, Mark? We have missed you somewhat.
2: Oh, yes, well, I had my daughter out from France, so I was looking after oh, her. Oh, of course you were. She was um, very impressed by the gorgeous The gorgeous girl. But I'm going to talk about, um, as the Oscars are coming up, I'm going to talk about our good friend Rose McGowan. <laughs> oh, yes. And my yes. bete noire, yeah. if you yes. like. So you do go on about her. I haven't gone on about her yet, have I? Oh, you've mentioned. About you her. I've mentioned, yeah. Anyway, she, she, um, she was born in Italy in 1973 and she grew up with her parents in a Children of God school,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which was a polygamous cult. So lots of free lovemaking going on there. Do you think? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. She recalls corporal punishments, sleeping on the floor, food rationing, and young women dubbed hookers for Jesus who were used to entice men back to the commune. Oh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: God. Some readers may look askance at various details, such as McGowan being delivered by a blind housewife in a stone barn and her experiences busking on the streets of Rome age five.
1: I'm not Mist- sure how I'd respond to a hooker for Jesus, you know. Yeah. To,
0: <laughs> well, as Jesus.
1: What dichotomy that is. Well, it was Mary Magdalene, view, all right, with that long red hair, John. No? Oh, okay.
2: So back in the U.S., she was um, bounced between her mentally unstable mother and her very cruel father uh it just gets better she was um taking acid at 13 and put into a drug rehabilitation center she hooked up with um what's that guy's name um she was a boyfriend girlfriend of that uh, goth uh, american guy um Marlon Ma- Mason Manson. Manson who's basically like um the guy who wrote uh, fear and loathing in las vegas Whoops, his name um,
1: uh-huh. Gonzo um, journalism Yes,
2: who who basically who said If I wasn't uh, Brain drain uh, Yeah, if I wasn't an account If I wasn't a, a drug addict and alcoholic I'd just be a boring um, accountant in Illinois Marilyn Mason Manson's basically the same Anyway, she left him And she goes on to say that uh, Tinseltown is a myopic, self-pollating town That loves to love itself a place where all powerful men package up women as fantasy F-U-C-K toys and dangerously sell the ideals of the public. Nothing new. We all knew this before, don't you think?
1: So this, is this all from her
2: book? Her book is called Brave, which I'm really hoping Sally will read, because I don't, I won't have the courage to read it.
0: Hunter S. Thompson. I Hunter S. Thompson
2: was. was the one. Um, Sally, so you, uh, I'm going to buy well, Brave. You, I,
0: you're saying that in such a provocative way, because that, because, uh, that I might be interested in
2: it. No, exactly. Well, this is what I'm trying to do, so it's working. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so. <laughs>
0: right, okay.
2: Anyway, she goes on. Um, she describes the cattle call of auditions, which if any of you have ever been in the acting profession, you know very well that casting mm. is a humiliating experience yes, no
1: matter quite. what the situation is. Mark and, and I both auditioned for the same job in an, an advertising department. He got the job. I didn't.
3: Right.
2: Yeah, it was because I had more hair than you, John. Right. That was about it. It's all you need. You know, it's all about being. You know, well, it's all about the, it. Of course, it is. It's about it. So yeah. this is what it's all. And she's sort of saying that. Um, you know, she was um, upset with the whole process, whereas in you, know, she she was a, a fully a part of it. So you know, I find her it's a little bit um, hypocritical.
0: Well, how can you say that when she's had a, a, an upbringing that has. Utterly destabilised her in the first place, anyway. Well, uh,
2: but I, I would say this is probably the case with a lot of actors and actresses that there's, you know, it's a, it, it is a vulnerable um, uh, yes. career. Yes, like, like
0: it is for poets and like it is for artists. It's well, all about the poets exposure.
2: But you don't need, um, all you need is a publisher who tend to be perhaps, I think, I hope, more um, sort of dignified and sophisticated than film producers. You know, the whole industry is just one which is, uh, you know, it's basically a very, it's not a, it's not a, it's, oh, it's, an, it's
0: an industry of exploitation of everybody. And,
2: and of, and of mm. exploiters. So mm. it's a, it's a, it's just a horrible place to go.
0: Do I have to read it?
2: Well, that's the thing. I don't know whether you, <laughs> yes. yes, you do.
3: Yeah. You've got, you as a woman, You should. <laughs>
2: okay anyway so um, that's enough of Rose I could go on more but all she's right. uh, you know she, she might be at the Oscars probably dressed in black but um, well they'll all be dressed in black yeah, of I course. think it's just it's just absurd the whole thing
0: now um I believe he went along to the NPRG and saw the sport uh, the exhibition sport exhibition yes
2: which was okay but um, the the standout part of it was the jewelry of what was the name Lola
0: the, Greeno. L- yes. Greeno yes and you know I um, I went along she had it when the exhibition opened she did a she we had a talk there um, a week or so ago Friday morning and followed by a workshop that went on at Balook, um, which is in the industrial estate, of course. And, it, yes, it was an absolutely extraordinary, wasn't mm. it? They're mm. very beautiful. She is an indigenous um, jeweller. She makes shell necklaces um, th- that are – she's from Tasmania. She's actually from Flinders Island. Okay. And she completes a continuous line of – uh, of Jewellers from her from her people, which I think they really th- believe is just a continuous span of forty thousand years. You know, some mm. settlement. Well, it
2: was very interesting because I saw where I, I don't know if you know Andy Goldsworthy I or do Tony, yes, Tony Cragg. Don't you know, know these, Tony Cragg, but Goldsworthy is uh, a big hero. Yes, worldwide. well, he was. He seems to have disappeared, but um Tony Cragg is still going, and they they collect. Um, Pieces of uh, Tony Craig, especially plastic, different coloured plastic, and put them together in different sizes. Um, it's just that with um, what was her name roller. They, she, a lot of shells of different <laughs> sizes, perfectly put together in a in a um, in a necklace. Just magnificent. The the fine detail of, of each shell put together in a perfect way, so that they were all matching to each other. Yes.
0: Well, the thing that's sort of doubly interesting about this craft is that it is a it's a craft that has carried on from it's been passed from mother to daughter mm. forever. Like mm just goes back in a continuous line through you know that you can be sure of that can you well yes i think they could they are pretty probably sure of that. More there are sure examples of that the work of those jewelers um but we have
2: no evidence
1: do we mm,
0: not really except you we have the stories it's an oral history
1: okay be more sure of that particular thread than the profound thread that we talk about yeah for western art you know, that particular thread, because it's, it's located in, uh, the one place more or less, mm-hmm. uh, is not that difficult to trace. I'm sure there are, uh, there's shell work, um, that they know of that's quite old.
0: Oh, quite. And, and, you know, we've talked with Emily, um, McCulloch, uh, uh, McCulloch Childs in here at different times, uh, and particularly about her Indigenous jewellery project. And, and she talked about, uh, Pieces of jewelry that are in South Australia in the art gallery there that are just the oldest pieces that I, I can't remember They were 30,000 years old or some mm. extraordinary figure what? like that in the South Australia gallery. Yeah, in the South Australian gallery and that and jewelry making is probably one of them the oldest crafts that there that there is and There, there are <coughs> examples of it.
2: Mm. Well, I guess you know when you look at the Spanish uh, cave paintings they apparently some of them were done by Neanderthals I've yeah. just so, read this yes yeah. and that and that they you know they always painted in very uh, deep dark places where it was very difficult to get to in you know we get in there with battery powered um, lamps now whereas they were going with they had to burn mm. fire and that they, they they did this especially so that they could you know, people couldn't see them very easily whether it was to preserve them I don't know we don't, we, mm. we don't know exact reason mm. why
0: well, Lola's work is the, you know, the contemporary version of a long line of artists. And, and um, at the exhibition opening, I got an opportunity to speak with Richard Mulvaney, who is the director of the Launceston Gallery. And I introduced myself to him because I had seen an exhibition at the Launceston Gallery maybe a decade before of the 18th, 19th century versions of these same necklaces that Lola is the, is the modern contemporary, um, uh, continuation. Yeah and uh, it was one of the most spectacular things I've exhibitions i've ever seen i, I these necklaces were so incredibly beautiful they mm. were more beautiful than any pearl necklaces that I had ever seen there and i, I said to you a little bit earlier mark they, I, I have never coveted anything so much mm. as I did these things they were Unbelievably beautiful. And this exhibition Oh, I'll was, make you one, Sally. Well, they're about... They have now encompassed Richard Mulvaney, who we're going to get on the program fairly soon. He'd quite like to talk to us. Um, have Has created... A, this was a, a permanent exhibition which talks about 40,000 years settlement and... Um, and includes in in its permanent display now quite a few of those necklaces they really are something else it's worth a trip to launceston just to see those necklaces yes
2: i wanted to ask you is it a good museum yes it it is it is is quite a museum, and that's where they're going to do next mofo is it well in launceston that's right Mm. so
0: um the music festival is moving from uh from hobart up to launceston and you know he was very you know Excited about that because there seems to be this reinvigoration of the arts in Launceston, which of course has been fueled by this Mona movement. Mm. So he was very keen to talk to us at some point. So I'm going to try and get him on the show one day and talk about... You know, this big shift that's happening in, in Tasmania. Anyway, um, on top of all of that, there is an incredible exhibition of the contemporary artist Lola Greeno's work at Mornings Peninsula Regional Gallery. It's part, it's in, in parallel to the, the, Sports. the uh, uh, play on the art of sport, the which Basil we talked Sellers. about. the Basil, Basil Sellers Prize.
1: Which comes from, uh, originally from, um, the gallery in Carlton, the Potter Gallery in Carlton, which was run by our, Director at uh, McClelland. Lucy? Uh, yeah, she came, she came out of there, didn't she? No.
0: Uh, you mean Lisa, Lisa Byrne?
1: Yeah. Oh, perhaps not. There was someone speaking at McClelland.
0: Ah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that because, mm-hmm. of course, we're um, at some point soon, um, Lisa's going to have a little bit of time to come in and talk to us here too okay, at Arts right. About about McClelland and what she's going to do there. But I yeah. think now be time
1: Now, oh. yeah mark, did you do mark, your
0: job? i made them both read the news this time because they do such a bad job of it I'll generally start. speaking why don't you start mark lay
2: on, on the art of sport annette's victorian ian potter museum of art touring exhibition celebrating 10 years of the basil sellers art prize is coming to mornington peninsula regional gallery well it's already there yes until the 29th of April.
0: John Baird has an exhibition opening at Art House Gallery in Sydney uh, sometime next month. What is Opening the it?
1: 23rd of March.
0: 23rd of March. We Regatta. Should... Regatta, that's right. We better put a link on our Facebook Getting page quick because they're
2: going to sell like hotcakes.
0: Of course they will.
1: David Hurwitz is opening at Brightspace on the 17th uh, in St Kilda uh, with concrete builds. We spoke to David today. And uh, they're quite interesting, those pictures.
0: Mm, they're lovely, aren't they?
1: Mm about lovely. They're quite interesting. Okay,
0: seasons. It's a photographic <laughs> exhibition of the work of Kate Donnelly. She's a photographer you might know through the Love the Pen website. She's having an exhibition at Merricks General Store, showcasing her photographs of the Mornington Peninsula. That opens. Uh, it opened on Friday, March the 9th. And uh, if you go to the Merricks General Store website, you can get details for that.
2: The twenty-first Biennale of Sydney calendar of public programs and events is live now. You can go to the website to see what's on. Did you read the Christopher Allen uh, cri- cri- um, critique in today, the last weekend's review about the Nally? We have never read about what? about the, be- uh, the the Nally in Melbourne. Oh and no, he I didn't. Damned it. He said oh. it's all for people to take photos, selfies.
3: Oh
0: well. Well that's part of the new and that's what thing, they were isn't doing? it? Yeah. Well, it get, as we say, these things get people into the galleries and they help support the smaller you know yeah yeah alternative things perhaps on at the FAC on the 18th of March there's a production called Women on the Verge it's an act of protest it's for women in stressful situations it's an adaptation of monologues by Dario Fo uh mm. and uh, Franca Rame and it was written in the 1970s and while it was written in the 70s um it, uh, the four renditions demonstrate issues of inequality and abuse that have persisted and still persist now, and that's right up your boulevard, Mark. And very
2: interesting, the word verge yes. means penis.
3: Mm.
0: Verge, does it? On the edge. In what language? In French. In French, verge. Mm. Penis. Yeah. As a rude word? As a, as a...
2: No, no, not as a slang. It's the, the,
0: it's a yeah, Oh, really? Who knew that? I didn't.
1: You? White Knight is on in Ballarat on the 17th, <laughs> if you fancy a trip. Yep. But it's also coming to Geelong and Bendigo later in the year. Yes, <laughs> it is. And I'm going to have, at some
0: point, hopefully, have a chat with David Atkins, who's the creative director of White Knight, and find out a little bit about that. Because it does seem to be this big thing that's happening in our regional centres and uh, drawing lots and lots of people, young people. It all started in Paris. Did it. was mm. the first one in Paris. Well, there mm. you are. Nuit
2: Blanche.
3: Uh, who's it? No, mean? yeah, go on. There is
2: a new Easter Salon and Air Parade, Art Parade, sorry, coming up on the March 31st at Whistlewood Aboriginal Works and Informative, what's Commentary by Susan had. McCulloch. Yeah. It's free, it's free but, it's free but you can register your place on it. <laughs>
3: You are
0: appalling, Mark. If you've just tuned in, you've just heard a very bad uh version of actually it's probably not the worst um version of the news that we've had before. <laughs> worst. Yeah, worst. worst too. If you've tuned in you've just missed up about but you can hear the repeat on Wednesdays at twelve or listen to the podcast on the station website. We'll be on again the same time next week at eleven o'clock. Uh on Sundays. You can find links to some of the things we've been talking about today on our Facebook page and get to hear what's coming up as well. I think we're gonna to have to do an Instagram page.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know anything about it. All not right. me.
0: Anyway, remember, everybody, we may not know everything about art. Mark
1: knows what he likes. Doesn't talk about Is it I very much, though. I
2: do. Yeah, very much, sir. See, see you next week, What's her name? Lola the Jewel. Greeno. Greeno. Oh, yeah. Lovely stuff. Yeah, it's Lovely.
1: beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Thanks, Brody.